0: All right, joining me now is Robert Hollis. He is our entrepreneur extraordinaire. Um, he is in San Fran. Joining me now, good evening, Robert. Hello, my friend. How are we, Lloyd? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. It's been a mad week. Uh, my brain's a bit buzzed out right now because it's been um, two and a half hours of just quite intense radio. But I'm good. I'm very good.
1: This. Well, Hopefully, I, I mean, your brain's going to have to giddy up because you know it's about to get aggressive for the next 23 minutes, so let's
0: go. Oh, heck yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've just sort of been relaxing, doing a bit of meditation, because I know that you're going to come on and go, right, let's boogie, let's boogie, let's boogie. Um, I should all, I should first of all put a shout out. We've got any budding entrepreneurs, any, um, any business owners or people who want to be business owners, anyone who's got some concerns or ideas questions that would like to send to Rabette, um then f- please fire them through. 3920 is the number. Just jump on your phone. Open up text. The number is 3920. Send us a text message. It can be a question. It can be some feedback, but flick it through. I'll put it to Rebet and he'll hopefully answer it. We've been doing it for the last um, couple of months, and he's given out some bloody cracker um,
1: advice. Um, so, Robet, let's right. start. Hey, look, Lloyd, I just wanted sorry to jump in there. My brain just went on a little tangent hearing about this Lego cup, right? <laughs> How big is this thing? This
0: cup Lego cart?
1: The coffee cart. Yeah,
0: I'd love you to see the Lego coffee cart that we've just made for our coffee company in Otaki. Um, I'm not, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I was in my head just thinking it's got to be relatively small, right? But if you're talking about one that they tow behind a. Um, tow behind a car, like a truck or something. That must be pretty massive. And how do they make it structurally sound? I'm not too sure, but I mean, hopefully. Oh, I'm getting an email now. Um, let me open it up because yeah, I'll, I'll um I'll open this up and then I'll I'll let you know. Okay, so it's not I've massive. Got idea. It's I've not. Got idea. It's, it's okay. not massive. Okay, it's quite little because it's got your little mini figs on top. Um, but it's still pretty cool. It says coffee, Streetwise Coffee. Um, yeah, I thought it was massive, but it, lo- it still looks pretty cool.
1: A miniature version of the real Hold it to thing. Me, Lloyd. I've got I've got an idea. We'll we'll talk about it next week, but okay. we'll go from idea to execution in the next seven days. I I, I sense a colour lab coming on, let's go.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, I'm oh I mean I was, now we're talking about Lego, now my mind's still thinking of the Titanic model <laughs> that I really want to buy, but I'll have to save up for that for years and years and years. Um anyway, let's let's talk about the summer break because 'cause we're coming up to the summer break when businesses break for summer. Um do you think summer businesses and kiwi Kiwi business operators and stuff, should they take a much well-deserved rest or should they go on the offensive? Is now the time to make some make some moolah?
1: Yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. My head's been going around this, around um, everyone being locked in, you know, in a bunch of commerce has been locked away for the last, you know, 111 days or whatever it was. The doors are open, they're out. And I've been thinking about this, like this little visual, visual thing of all these business owners being a bunch of different type of cars in the garage, like a Ferrari in the garage just waiting to go. And I'm wondering now if what percentage is actually going to go on, on offense to make the most of logistical freedom and, and business and, and, and stuff to push forward while a bunch of people percentage is going to go, you know what, let's just write off 21. We'll see you in 22. It's already been a bit of a gong show of the year. Let's just rest because what I feel is going to happen is um, is uh, the moves that get made while a bunch of competitors are relaxing, potentially could have a bunch of um, big impact for their business in the next 12 to 24 months. What I mean by that is, you know, if, if you are in a, you know, some type of store and there's five other different competitors across the landscape, if four of them all go on defence and relax into 21, and if you go on offence, you actually might get a way, way, way bigger head start for momentum for your business. And I'm just, I'm really intrigued to the tone of the nation to what the momentum will be for decision-makers and business owners if they're going to go on offense or defense. Um, Because the biggest opportunities – I think are when, you know, when your competitors are sleeping and if you're working or if there's gaps that they're not doing or people they're not talking to or opportunities they're not they're not trying to, to drill down on. Um I'm really intrigued and I think it's gonna be interesting to see play out in the new year with um actually who kind of who comes out on top with um, you know, having the right strategies through lockdown and then getting to execution mode. So I'm gonna be watching it super close, especially over the next three to six months, with who kind of sits back and, you know, kicks their feet up and it's been a stressful year and who actually thinks of you know all the potential possibilities and partnerships, and you know better customer service and products that can be put into the market. So I'm very looking forward to see uh, what percentage goes on offense and what percentage goes on defense, because it's going to tell a lot about the um, the outcome of the economy for the next twelve months.
0: Uh, we've got a few texts that have come in. There's one from um, Isaac Holder. Uh, we've just launched an online gol- uh, golf gift box um, business. A golf gift box business, um, called Giftcaddy.co.nz. What would his, what would his, what would be his best advice to get some market penetration and to get the product out there? I mean, apart from doing social media, we've got a giveaway, um, that's doing well on there now at Giftcaddy. Go and have a look. Um, but what would, his, what would be some best advice to get some market penetration to get his product out there? So it's a g- online golf gift box business.
1: Well, for starters, I think he's done a great job by hijacking our show with a bunch of quick little plugs for his business and his website. So well like we done, asked for you it. entrepreneurial, you cheeky little buggers. I absolutely love it. I think it's great. Well done. So well played to start with. What I, when it comes to golf specifically. Um, funny enough, I just finished, I'm um, going to the range, but, you know, if, when you look at the social element around a U- UGC, which is a user-generated content for different brands with giveaways or funny stuff or humor with the average kind of, you know, the, the weekend warrior type type player, there's a massive play around um, the opportunity for people to, you know, send content content in. How do you create, and, you know, as simple as it sounds, it would be, you know, imagine if you could gift a box for 12 months for the, the you know, the best, the worst shot that your friend can take or the worst swing in New Zealand or, you know, get humour. Think of the people that you're trying to, the demographic you're going for. And I'm imagining if it's some type of subscription um, model, if you look at the demographic of golf, it's probably, you know, over 30. It's probably more skewed to the male side. If you look at what, you know, businesses like, say, Barstall Sports are doing on that side, uh, Breezy Golf, um, there's a you know a company called Asher which is doing some really interesting um kind of just fun stuff on social but basically you can hijack eyeballs and attention with humor by using some cool creativity and, and I think they're on a really good path already if they are um you know hijacking with great plugs and links to their um their stuff already on the show here. So they, I think they're ninety percent of the way there already. And I'm more than happy to to check it out and, and see it myself. But there's the subscription model and just from a business perspective, anytime a company um gets recurring revenue from businesses instead of just a one-shot transaction, the um, sustainability odds of the company succeeding for the future go up dramatically. And also, if you ever look to exit a business, if you've got recurring revenue, which is subscription-based, your um, the valuation of your company goes up quite substantially instead of just transactions because it's guaranteed revenue which they can forecast out. So a lot of good things are hidden in the, um, his way. I, or, um, I think it's a, a, a he, sorry. Um, I would just uh, really focus in on... Um, what the next moves are to try and get more eyeballs around it. And there's some funny ways to do it. I would use um, humor, user-generated content, social media, owned hashtags, and then work your way around that.
0: Yeah, or even text into a radio station and get us to talk about it. Because now I'm looking at um, giftcaddy.co.nz and I'm thinking, man, if, if, I, uh, if only some of my um, family members were um, golf fiends, then I could, because I still haven't done my Christmas shopping, then I could get one of these. But um, there you go. Um, another question.
1: <laughs> you go. I was just going to say, Lord, just to jump on that. If I was... Him as well. I would potentially partner with someone like a um, a third party uh, printing business that could custom uh, embroidered names and even potential um, like um, faces and photos on like golf head covers and stuff. And you could personalize it so it could be a gift for others by uploading a photo of them. They get a custom custom gift set to kick off with potentially on their birthday or something. And then it's got the you know the, the, the golf towel with their name on it, and then they get the package. So you can kind of um, partner with potential others so you don't need the, the heavy lifting of any of the infrastructure but you could actually um, have a way better call to action and a higher conversion rate it's just an idea that came off the top of my head so I think me and Lloyd we get 10% of each of this company just for the IP that we've <laughs> given away that feels fair <laughs>
0: there you go send the bill to him um, you could I guess you could put like face again like personalized golf balls and stuff like that although would you want to be whacking like a, your own face on a golf ball and like smashing it? I don't know. I mean there's a, there's some options there. There's lots Maybe of Maybe the ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, like an enemy or someone. I don't know. Um hope that helps um Isaac. There's a message here from from Matt. Um quite generic. Is it a bad time to start a business? I guess it depends on what kind of business that you want to start, Matt, and what kind of industry that it's in
1: yeah like let's let's take a macro view. Would it be a smart time to try and start a international tourism business with um custom bespoke uh, tours around New Zealand? Probably not because no humans can get here. <laughs> would it be potentially a smart idea to um think about you know better opportunities in the ecosystem with where money, money and energy are going whether it's be you know streaming or content or products and service hundred percent what I would the question I would actually ask first is why are you wanting to do it? Are you actually genuinely passionate about it? and if the product and service does it actually fill a need that people have. So it can be the best idea of all time or the actual worst. So ask yourself the second question of who's it for and is there a market for? Because right now there is no international tourism, so that first option would be a zero. Or, you know, next one if we're talking about, you know, printing potentially an ex partner's face on a golf ball to, to make a subscription, maybe a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> but the market goes un, un the market goes undefeated.
0: Um, Matt's message in saying, "Sorry, it's a t-shirt business. So, is it a bad time to start a t-shirt business?"
1: Depends on the design of the, the product, you know. Like, it's, it's so um, you got to get specific down to the details, yeah, is No time just, like the I present, mean, though, if right? A,
0: if it's a cool t-shirt, I'll buy a cool yeah, t-shirt. The cool polo shirt, oh, I'd buy a cool polo t-shirt. Just, surely, clothing's not going to go yeah, out of fashion. I,
1: if the product sucks, it's probably not going to sell. So I wouldn't say if it's a good time or not. These brands start and die every single day. <laughs> is the product great? Is the product that special? If it's just a, you know, like an AS color thing, and you slap a logo on it and chuck it for 100 bucks, probably not going to do so well. You know, if it's a, you know, Yellowbird, 100% organic, blockchain based, you know, cotton track thing, which is 100% eco friendly and whatever, and it's selling exclusive, then there's 100 of them with their name on it and some silk gold. Maybe that's a bit better, you know, <laughs> but it's all context. You need context of it, but the market goes undefeated. Is there actual demand for it? And there's easy ways to be able to figure that out, especially with someone like a T-shirt company.
0: Yeah, there you go, Matt. So make sure your T-shirt, well, I'm guessing your T-shirt company must be pretty damn awesome. Surely it's pretty damn awesome. But um, yeah, I hope that, hope that advice helped. Another message from Sam. Since we entered the traffic light system, my company's kept us working from home, even though we're allowed back. I don't like working from home, but it looks like this could be the future do you do you think working from home is here to
1: stay for certain jobs yes hundred percent hundred percent for certain type certain types of roles hybrid models um and all sorts but obviously you know something like retail if you need to try on stuff there's a whole variety of types of companies that are um that need to be face to face and there's a whole bunch that are going to be you know slowly transitioning to um you know job placements where they can you know if there's a admin job some businesses will say you can work remotely it doesn't matter where you are some businesses will say you need to physically be here the potential danger if you want to go fully virtual and if you your job is easily replicated by someone else if you're the decision maker or the business owner you may actually take that skill set offshore for way 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 cheaper so there is a danger about if you're if you can easily get uh, replicated um, and someone else could do it for cheaper, you run a potential risk if you say, oh, no, I'm going to do it remotely if there's more value to be in person. It's something that you need to weigh up depending on what type of business um, that you're actually in. But the hybrid model of um, stuff is definitely uh, is, is happening, and a lot of different businesses are sort of scaling down their footprint of commercial real estate and just trying to get more creative with space. So, um, but once again, you need more context to it um, in terms of specifically, but will hybrid working be here forever from now? Yep, 100%. Will there be a bunch more people that are doing it virtually forever? Yep, 100%.
0: Okay, Robert, we've got to take a quick break now, but um, stay on the line and we've got a few more texts to to ask you after the break. And we're talking entrepreneurship with Robert Hollis. He's joining me on the line from San Fran. Um, You're still there, Robert. Ready to boogie. Ready to boogie. Great. We've only got about eight minutes to boogie, probably about seven minutes, actually, uh, if we're talking about proper boogieing time. Um, Mike has messaged in saying, a T-shirt business will do very well if they've got a long-lasting product that won't rip and rot after a few months. Quality is the key. Um, That's actually a pretty bloody good point, isn't it? 100%.
1: Hundred percent, and uh, but the you know there's a big massive thing, especially in the fashion world around um you know fast fashion with kind of turn and burn clothes and stuff, and there's a, diff- a shift going more towards um you know durability and quality. So look for um you know consumers to be wanting more a better story, more organic, more longer lasting, and better better for the environment because there's kind of a wave coming against this fast fashion uh, culture, which I actually think is a pretty good thing.
0: Yeah, so do I. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm not too sure if you've seen this story out of Australia, but it's this young dude. Um, who started started selling eggs when he was about nine years old, I think, because his parents wouldn't give him pocket money. They said, go out and earn your money. So he um, got a few chooks and put them in the backyard. But it's turned into like a pretty massive business. He's now sold 40 million eggs. I guess this is a good sign that, um, th- that parents teaching their kids to earn their pocket money can create some pretty damn good entrepreneurs.
1: 100%. The, the interesting part on that is, you know, as part of the game plan for a young buck that was doing it, you know the kid gave away a million eggs as well so already you know selling 40 giving away a million itself you know he's already thinking of the the whole give back piece and then you know thinking about you know how it can be uh, better for the environment and better get it more organic and bits and pieces that were in which is cool but i think when you zoom out you know um being able to create the type of work ethic and opportunity for someone that's that, that young to get into it, it it's such a great great You know, sort of first hustle to get into that's obviously organically morphed into something pretty awesome. It wasn't, you know, just doing, you know, a paper run or something, which is, you know, what I was doing and other other bits and pieces. It's really cool. So I think one of the the cool things to think about, especially when you're starting a business that young, is, you know, I imagine you never thought you could probably not even think of a number more than a million, but to obviously get to 40 is cool. From a, from a parent's perspective is, you know, what type of environment are you putting your your kid around to feel that like they can actually go and try? Especially when, you know, we've talked about it before, Lloyd, is there's, you know, a, a massive percentage of, you know, 80%, 90% of these businesses all fail. And especially when they're sort of starting out, you know, have fun with it. Make it a bit of side hustle, you know, a bit of pocket money, a bit of going to the touch shop money, whatever it is. Um, it is. It's really... Interest, it's awesome to see parents kind of create a bit of a um, like a challenging sort of safe space for kids to go and actually try and do something, create something, learn all the, the, the hustles and heartbreak, and sign off something simple as eggs seem pretty small, but if you look at the market of what eggs are, you can see how it adds up pretty quick. So it's super cool to say I would love to see more stories out in New Zealand with, you know, young people with awesome ideas to try and go. And even more so, it would be awesome to see more support from you know their parents and, and communities getting around them as well because, you know, when that, you know, that young kid He's done it for 10 years. He's done super well. Think of the experience that he's going to have by the time he's 30 and the business he's going to start and what he's going to do bigger and better. Um, Those experiences that you learn young just scale up to to, to bigger numbers at at the end of the day. And, you know, business is kind of the same stuff. The numbers just change at the end. But it's still people, relationships with people, product and service. So I I, I absolutely love it. Stuff like um, stories like that that get me super stoked because I would love to hear more awesome stories like that about Kiwi kids trying to create their own little things to do it their own way.
0: Did you get pocket money as a kid?
1: Hell no! <laughs> it's like, I had to, I had to work in hustle. Man, I was, I was the kid jumping in. Like I would go to the the golf the golf course at night at Little Ascot, free hole thing out at QE2 Park at Christchurch. I'd bike in the dark, jump over the fence, jump in the pond, steal all the balls out, come back the next day and sell them to people for fifty cents. <laughs> I was that kid, you know. Like, That's awesome. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, I mean you got to you got to do it. You know, I would do. um, You know, I would go to my friend's house or had a color printer, and I'd print out like uh, color photos of like Jennifer Anderson and friends, and laminate them and sell them for a dollar each because we didn't have a printer at my house. You know, I was I was selling CDs. You know, I was I was. I was a hustler, Lloyd. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was getting it. I was going yes, for it. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: I mean, I was never a hustler like that. I mean, I'd like mow the lawns and mum would give me 20 bucks and then I'd go down to Nana and Granddad's and mow the lawns and sometimes I'd give you 50 bucks and that was a great day or 40 bucks. Um, or when they're like the, the, the community, what was it, the farmer's market, we'd open up the paddock and we'd charge people a dollar or 50 cents to park their cars. But I was never sort of like a hustler like you going to the local golf course or printing out pictures of Jennifer Aniston. That's quite genius.
1: I had, there's probably a few more that we maybe won't talk about on air, but I, I did pretty well in my younger years on a certain, few certain things. What, well, I mean, is it not
0: safe for air some of the other stuff you did?
1: Well, yeah, probably. probably. I mean, nothing crazy legal, but you know, I definitely was you know, probably pushing the, the bars a little bit. But I was always sort of forward thinking and stuff. You know, like I even remember a time, probably not my finest hour, but I remember we had, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary come to my school and I was like, you know what? Dude, I need to get two $5 bills. And so I borrowed five dollars off my ten dollars off my mum took the two five dollars to school and I got him to sign both of them I laminated one of them and then I kept one of them because I knew that eventually in you know five ten twenty fifty years after he passes it's going to be worth more you know I was 14 years 13 years old and you know that forward thinking is you know not my proudest moment but like that's how my brain was thinking around you know like value and scarcity and rarity and all that stuff so well it's that's, really, I mean, that's amazing, really you're, mon- you're monetizing,
0: like, yeah. monetizing the death of one of our greatest heroes.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying, it wasn't one of my finest, and the good thing is I never sold it because I felt bad about doing it, and i still actually got it to this day. Have you got both and, um, of them? Which I think is pretty cool, I do. Oh yeah. wow,
0: well, I mean, well, there you go, one day they will be worth a lot of money, so it's, I mean it, it's a little I'll investment there, it's not,
1: it's, it's not stupid at all. Um, anyway we've we've well, got I wasn't that book, smart Lord, that's why I had to try and do other things.
0: Yeah, well you've look where you've ended up, mate. You're in San Francisco and you're on the radio talking about entrepreneurship. You're changing the game.